Welcome to Extreme BBM. My name is Mark Extreme. We do uh, this every Tuesday and Friday, 8 p.m. East African time, where we get to talk to people that make the music. Because in between the week, we get to premiere the music from uh, uh, a lot of artists during the week, Monday to Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. East African time. So on Tuesday and Friday, we get into the conversations behind uh, uh, some of the music that we play on, the artist stories and all that. We do that on the extreme BPM, 8 p.m. Tuesdays and Fridays. If you miss any of the conversations, that is up on uh, any podcast app of choice. You only have to go to the extreme BPM. But otherwise, catch the airing 8 p.m. East African time, okay, uh, on EJAS Radio. So this week we are talking to, um, let's see, we've had how many songs? Probably three songs on the show from her. And, uh, you know, we've been trying to make this happen, but, you know, our, sk- our schedules have been getting into the way. But uh, we finally made it today, and uh, Nadia Vera is on the show today. And uh, she is uh, a mental health advocate. We shall be getting into that. And I also, it's interesting when some, when you check out some of the songs and she describes them as um, uh, excuse for bad relationships and all that, how she gets into all that. Because there's a song like Anxiety, I like to get into that. But then there's a thousand cuts. I'm like, interesting. I'm like, what is, uh, what is going to happen then on the show? But uh, she's on the show. <laughs> She'll get into that. Nadia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and for supporting several of my songs. Yes. Awesome. Uh, Super appreciate. <laughs> yeah, you know we shall get into into the backstory and all that, but I want to know how does a thousand cuts get get into writing? <laughs> how did it get into writing? Yeah. So, so like the process in which it came to exist. Yeah. So uh, I sat down with my friend Dion Shaw, and we were kind of talking about like the struggles of like being yourself in today's society. And interestingly enough, we were actually we were we knew we wanted to write something kind of edgy and spooky because Halloween was coming up and the term death by a thousand cuts came up and and death by a thousand cuts is actually an ancient chinese torture method called called ling chi in which they take their victims and just slowly take away their skin with tiny little you know a thousand cuts and it's enough to make you go mad right and eventually you know uh croak and the um the concept i i feel like that torture method is is how it feels when we don't honor ourselves when we don't give ourselves this permission to actually be who we are because every time that we aren't authentic to ourselves and we say yes to that thing that we really wanted to say no to or we say you know we agree to show up when we really wanted you know needed that night at home to ourselves you know we're slowly killing ourselves because we're not being true so uh, whether that be in the in the sense of sexuality or just like you know we're people pleasing too much and you know not sitting in our skin because of that so so interestingly you how you know how do you get started with uh with music then uh who else does music in your family? So I'm the little, I'm the odd one out in my family, but um, I definitely think I got my musical side from my grandfather on my dad's side. He played the oot, which is like, like this beautiful, you know, Le- Arab instrument. Uh, he played violin. He, he was notorious for singing around the little village my dad grew up in. And I think that's probably, probably where I got my musical sense from. And I, I think my dad secretly has that in his bones too. He just is very shy about it. Like sometimes I'll, when he doesn't think we're paying attention, I'll hear him sing a little something. I'm like, oh, dad, nice tone. But <laughs> probably my dad's side. I don't think my mom said the family had a single. No, they're, they're, they're tone deaf. But <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> While growing up, what kind of music was was uh, in your household? Because I imagine, wait, your father is from Lebanon, right? Mm-hmm. 
and then your mom um middle america illinois all right uh, so what music was yeah. playing around because those are two different worlds yes my mom grew up in illinois and indiana and i i know she had lots of exposure to like classic rock and she grew up on you know great music but i i think my musicality like i said definitely comes from my dad's side my dad had so much varietized music playing through the house you know there'd be french albums from celine dion uh lots of you know middle eastern style sounds and um lots of great classic rock uh my dad has great great music taste so um i think being able to be exposed to more cultures definitely enhanced my musical ear i grew up going to the islands and, and grew up going and lived in curacao for a little bit so that gave me a lot of exposure to so many cultures because there's like 500 different nationalities on this little itty bitty island and 500 um, yeah 500 on this like I, like there's so many people from different walks of life on that island and I, I think that that experience definitely lent to my development as an artist too so and then and then the writing the writing for you how does it get started because you know you can't get influenced but then the process of writing because I saw uh, you have a lot of attachment with the music you write yes so the poetry side the word side is definitely from my mom. She was very much into words. Like growing up, she would have a word of the day. She would encourage us to read the dictionary. Um, so she, I feel like uh, she shows up a lot of times, you know, in my writing sessions. That's something that bonded us when I was you know, a young girl. We used to write poetry together. So that's, I think my favorite part of being a, an artist is the songwriting part. So. And, and, <laughs> and then what, what is your process like? When when you said she, show, she shows up in the writing, I don't think she shows up in a hundred a thousand cuts though but uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean my mom had a good sense of humor (laughs) but yeah she I feel like sometimes she's guiding me and what to say and like how to talk to people and like my mom was always a big fan of being there for the underdog like the you know being there as a voice for the voiceless, she was always that person that would, you know, see a woman on the side of the road and be like, "Okay, what? How can I help you and your kids?" Like, she uh, definitely has helped me arrive to this place in my career where um, I'm able to utilize my music more as like a service to others as well as my own healing. So, so you, I'm w- you continued on the path of being the voice for the voiceless, like how you you, know, you, you describe what you do. But then also, uh, w- the way you lost her was tragic, right? Yes, and. Uh, and- for people that don't know that don't don't know uh what what i'm what i'm talking about because it's it's in uh it's in part of the description of when i was researching about you uh i, I don't know what can you say because i really can't talk about that oh uh so my I, I i do like to share my story a little bit with this because i feel like there are a lot of people that have maybe experienced this in some way shape or form and you know maybe there can be some connection there but um my mom unfortunately had a very long struggle with mental health issues depression, anxiety. And unfortunately, you know, I think for people, you know, I don't know how old you are, but like our generation, I feel like our parents didn't have some of Okay, so we're we're same generation. I I feel like um, our parents maybe didn't have some of the tools that we have. Like, I feel like we're more inclined to talk about our mental health, whereas our parents, you know, probably kept that more under under wraps. So my mom ultimately did lose her battle to mental health. But I do feel like had she been in our time, 
she maybe would have been more inclined to talk and not struggle so much in silence and therefore feel like the only way out was, you know, to choose to leave. But, um, you know, it was very like one one of the hardest things I've had to go through. You know, when you when you watch someone you love voluntarily leave your life that way, it does, you know, leave a mark, a lasting mark. And but that's definitely, you know, such a big part of my story. It's spearheaded so much of what I do with my work. I, I, I feel like mental health and the conversation is easier to have when there's a segue like art, you know, the conversations and the walls come down when there's something that's beautiful from tragedy. So that's yeah, and what I, I love. Our parents, what they don't really grasp with, they don't feel like it's okay to talk about it because I, I'm go, I go through this battle with my mother, I think three times a year where we go through this every time and I'm like, hey, you know, there's something called, there's something called, you know, understanding when someone is not doing right by you and then you speak up other than, you know, take it in and then let them keep running over you, right? Yeah. And then uh, you find, and then she keeps on saying, oh, you know, you don't understand. I'm like, no, no, no. I think you are afraid to confront the issues before you, but yeah. you hide behind the idea of me not understanding where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's hard for them to take a, it's just their, their generation and even also I think culture has a big part to do with it as well like I know in Lebanese culture particularly like it's very like mental health anything related to mental it's very taboo to talk about so um, yeah I think it's sad because you know that they would be so much happier if they would just confront the issues yeah (laughs) <laughs> but, but we're le- we're very lucky to be able to see things for what they are. Oh yeah, 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 oh, definitely. And we have many resources to help us go through that. When you had that tragedy happen, and uh, what? How how old were you then? I was seventeen. How did you channel that? Because you know you still have to let those feelings out. How did you manage to channel that out? So I think I was definitely more so living in the lane that my you know our parents live in. I was. Sh- pushing away my feelings, acting like they didn't exist. I was not dealing with things in a healthy way for a very long time. I was running from myself, running from my pain. And, you know, I was partying a lot um, and definitely immersing myself in toxic relationships just to, you know, distract myself. Just I didn't want to deal. And, you know, I, I was working in different jobs, too, and I would like become star employee, you know, because I, I just wanted to distract myself. But I wasn't doing anything I was passionate about in my work. You know, I, I was, you know, successful, but I was unhappy. And one fateful day, I, I woke up and I was in my relationship that I, you know, wasn't being fulfilled by. I was in my job that was just not helping me grow. Um, I was in school too. And I just woke up and I was like, you know what? I'm not happy. Like just something snapped. I don't know, I can't explain it. I just woke up and I was like, I quit everything. So I quit everything and I kind of flipped my life upside down in a matter of a few weeks. And uh, fatefully, I met a circus ringmaster that brought me back into the arts world. And while circus was not the answer, it was it led to the answer, which was back to music. So um, when I think of my, my journey, like had that not happened, I, I don't know if I'd be sitting here talking to you about a thousand cuts today. But um, yeah, it's just it's crazy because. I think I spent so long running for myself and my mom kind of like had to intervene and like bring something quirky in and was like, okay, you remember who you are? Okay, here you go. <laughs> but Sometimes we, because of what we grow up around, you know, even when we get into, even when we meet people in our lives, other people, if there's no any chaos or any drama, we don't feel like, we feel like there's something missing. We feel like, oh no, we are missing something. This might not be the right thing just because of what we are used to unless we unpack that. Do you think that was uh, one of the reasons why the re- you are getting into toxic relationships? Oh, 100%. 
I hadn't dealt with any of my pain bodies, you know, that I had acquired from growing up. And, you know, I, I think I had a great childhood in a lot of ways. But I think, you know, when you have a parent that struggles with mental health, of course, there's going to be uh, a lot of, you know, chaos and, you know, just uncertainty. And I think I definitely sought that out in my relationships to kind of mirror image my childhood because in my mind that was love. Yeah. So, but uh, and I will say I've I've since then experienced healthy relationships, and there is this like feeling and sensation of oh wow this is like weird like this isn't this isn't this isn't love. But that's where you know like you got to continue the healing. You got to continue looking at what why why do why does this occur when things are stable? Yeah, work in progress. You know? Yeah, it's a con- it is a constant. Uh, I think. Yeah. Um, I think battle, but a constant. I think, you know, if it was dependent on only us, we would be, we would want, we would paint out the life we want. But when we have to depend on what, on how other people are going to perceive what we do and how we need to respect what their feelings are, then it keeps, we have to keep on learning from each other. Yep. You, you have all these cultures to pull from. How, how do you later zero down a lane in which you've managed to write these songs? What is your process like when you're making my my process i feel like it varies from song to song like sometimes my song will start out with just me having written a note that has two lines and i'm like okay this is the concept this is what i want to talk about today and then i'll hear a piano riff and the rest just kind of pours out other times it's like someone's playing the guitar and i'm like oh my god your love is spelled by like 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 and then there are other times where it's more painstaking to like actually write the song because there's maybe some walls up or something like um i'm trying to think of a song that kind of felt like was a there was a little resistance to write um i think i had a little bit of walls up with boomerang with my song boomerang uh and those verses just kind of took a little time to like because i wasn't too ready to talk about that experience i think um but it finally like it got dug up and was it it flowed out a little more once the once the walls were chipped away at a little bit but um that's exactly why i love songwriting though is it's it's different every time you know there's not one simple formula of how the songs get written it's just it depends on inspiration and where like apparently i need to work at that day i guess (laughs) (laughs) you know you're transparent in 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 your music then how do you at what point do you say okay this is where the limit is this is this is where i'm going to build the wall now (laughs) i think i i don't know if there's like a conscious decision of where the wall is i think that um it just is there i i know that there's some songs that i haven't written yet in regards to my mom like there's some things there's still some walls up there there's some stuff that's left unsaid been left unsaid but not forever it will it will uh have its its day um i think when i think of like the sequential order of how i've written my songs they're just getting more and more uh open like there's certain there's certain walls that are just being shed down slowly but surely so yeah. it's a process <laughs> yeah and at, at the moment all you've put out is what is what you have written yourself right mm-hmm. and I've, I've worked with some amazing co-writers as well but yeah they're they're songs that i mean these are all songs that are from things i've been through or deal with so when you when you have co-writers how do you how do you get them to align with what your vision is so sometimes it's difficult i have a lot of songs that i probably personally won't release because there was that misalignment with the co-writer just not understanding what it was that I was 
working through. You know, there's still great songs and I'd love to grant them to other artists, but they just don't represent me. But um, luckily, the, you know, I have a couple co-writers that I've joined forces with that I just feel such a synergy with. And if they don't understand what I'm trying to convey, they really try to put themselves in my shoes. But um, like one of my favorite co-writers is, is Dion because I feel like he's an extension of my brain in a way. So it's like a therapy <laughs> session and we, we get to talk, like I get to talk out kind of what I'm going through. And then like I'll say something that he would probably write and then he'll say something that I would probably write. But because we're having a conversation, more of the story gets told. It's it's really uh, cool. I, I, and I feel that I feel that way about also another co-writer of mine. I gotta give her a shout out. Um, Dana Rogers. She's fantastic. A, a girl out of Nashville. So she's also another one that I feel like it's like an extension of my brain. So very cool. Those are my two probably my two favorite. And I and I do have to shout out one other writer friend of mine that also does a great job of doing that will kelly he's great uh we have a song coming out this upcoming uh in this is it june i gotta double check but it's this summer a song called when you think about love and it's a self-love song and it's it's about embracing doing the things that you love but also just remembering to love on yourself and just yeah be you so yep i can't wait i'll definitely be sending it your way definitely (laughs) i definitely can't wait on that with the last year, last year we had to deal with uh, the shutdown, the pandemic, and I, I think we are almost getting to a year to be at home and dealing with this, with Zoom, right? So uh, how has this affected you as an artist? I would say overall, my creativity and productivity have been the same, but there have been pockets where it's just like, like the really tough times of pandemic where like there was a lot of uncertainty. I feel like it was so much uncertainty that it was just like impossible to really tap into anything because you're like, well, it's the end of the world. So (laughs) what does my stupid song matter? And I feel like I'm just sad. So it's just going to be a sad song, you know, but (laughs) the I think when the pockets and glimmers of hope started to enter this life sphere again and conversations with friends became more positive because i feel like a lot of my my artist friends too just got so discouraged as well like it just it it kind of proved that like when i reflect back on those moments of quarantine and it kind of just goes to show that mindset is everything because as soon as i shifted my mindset to like okay there we have a future like it's while it's important for us to live in the present moment and live you know it's also important that we see a future yeah so um yeah i i think it's it's definitely been wavy and you know creatives have had to really like dig deep during these times yeah oh yeah they've had to deal with that because now if you had a song you would go out and play and see the reaction try to gauge what it's how far you're going to go as far as uh you know the marketing and and the promotion goes but now you have to rely on what the response is as far as the streams go as far as the response goes and you're not getting the human reaction yeah i think that that's one of the most valuable things for an artist too is getting that that info that intel before you go and put yourself out there one of my favorite things to do before i release a song is to perform it live because I've actually learned different ways of how I want to record it in live shows because of how audience react. Yeah. And now you don't have that. So you have to rely on what your instincts are and what what your co-writers and and the producers you're working with Mm -hmm. and see how that goes. So... uh, and then you've been putting out. I, I, I've received, you know, several singles from you. Are you just 
are you in a space right now where you're just putting out singles or you have a project you're working on? So mostly singles. Um, I have a Halloween EP coming out, like kind of spooky season vibes. And then I'm also, yeah, kind of in that same (laughs) fun, dark vibe. (laughs) Yep. And then I have... I'm working on a um, a Christmas EP too. So ah. my first album probably will not be until next year, late next year. So, but I have a concept I'm working on for that. So ah, okay, okay. So so you have an EP for Halloween, then you're working on another EP for Christmas. Ah yeah. But lots of, lots of singles in the meantime. Ah yeah, because I, I, yeah, you've been putting them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> didn't let quarantine stop me. <laughs> ah, you didn't. Uh, and then, uh, and then, how have, have you have you done any live shows right online? Yes, lots of live streams have been a thing, and um, this uh, I did one on Stage It too, which is like this great live streaming platform. But it is so different. Live streams are yeah, so you, weird. You only wait for the comments. You only have to look. For towards the screen after yeah, I'm like I'm sorry what'd you say <laughs> yeah. so Nadia Vea across everywhere it's N-A-D-I-A V-A-E-H and that's on YouTube uh, wait no YouTube is the only one that's Nadia Vea TV but Twitter Instagram Facebook everywhere it's just Nadia Vea and, and what what do you think you learned different during this during uh, uh, this time where we have been at home what do you think you learned to do different as far as your music goes I would say just to care a little less like just to be more carefree not care a little less I, I care a lot but just to be more carefree myself um, and I've definitely been grounded down a little more in this time because I've I've been able to be at home and figure out what I really want to say and what I really want out of life. And I mean, while this pandemic and, and the quarantine, you know, it's had its set of challenges and it's been devastating to like so many people. I think there's been a lot of positive too. So I've luckily been able to <sighs> reap just some good spiritual benefit. The next song I'm putting out on March 26th is called Never Leave the Basement. And it's for my introverts everywhere. So I think you'll love it. <laughs> I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You also don't want to leave the basement? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun. It's, you know, you have everything you need, really. <laughs> uh, what can you talk to us about this new single, which, which has an interesting title, by the way, Never Leave the Basement, which, where we are, which is where a lot of us have been since the pandemic hit. So what, how, how did, what is the process like? What was the process like of making this song? I'm very excited about this drop on Friday. And uh, the process of, of writing this song, I think, definitely was born out of quarantine, just being kind of st- stuck in the same place but also realizing so much in the stillness about life and the world around us and how, you know, we <laughs> just basically how we've been going, we've been moving so we've been moving so fast in society and in life that we haven't really noticed that we kind of already have it all. We've already got everything we need. And I feel like social media is a pandemic and it's an epidemic in itself you know we 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 all spend so much time there we all you know are not able to really decipher what we're intaking to on our social media feeds because we follow people who co-sign on maybe things we don't believe in but we end up taking in and absorbing it anyway and i just wanted to write a song i i think it's it's definitely out of frustration because i see a lot of people suffering and myself included just feeling deep feelings of lack because advertisements and our social media feeds are telling us that we need this to be happy or we need to you know have you know just certain things to to feel whole 
Yeah. But in all actuality, we already are. So I feel like there's a little bit of maybe sarcasm in the song, but it's all in good fun. And, and, and it, there is a lightheartedness to the song. And I hope people also catch that too. While it has a little bit of darkness, there's just, I think, a beautiful thing out of this quarantine is maybe we don't seek answers outside of ourselves as much. And maybe we can find, find or if we can find answer if we can make ourselves happy maybe we shall attract happy things around us right yeah i think i think that peace like in our world probably more so starts with us individually like even more than we may have imagined you know once we get ourselves i i feel like the healing of the world starts with the healing of ourselves right yeah. so um while i believe social media is a great tool and i have met so many amazing people because of the internet <laughs> and some of my greatest collaborators and friends I've met from Instagram. I think that there needs to be a, probably a little bit more responsibility within entertainment industry as a whole and how things are presented to us because you know the young minds especially are super impressionable. And I just kind of hope that we can shift our use of social media to how I think it was intended to be a tool of connection. Never leave the best man. That's an interesting title for the song too. Huh. Thank you. Go stream that out. It's uh, it's going to be available everywhere on the 26th of March. And, uh, Just for... a few days. Yes. Do you think we can give people a snippet for that? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Like 10 seconds is enough for them? 10 seconds? Yeah, we can give them a little sneak peek. Yes, yeah, so I think so. This comes out on the on uh, on on Friday. That is the twenty sixth. They can preserve this. Uh, where where can they preserve this from? Your link in in on your Instagram and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, link yeah. link in my bio. Uh, pre-save is at the top and uh, on, on top of my link tree. Yes. So definitely pre-save. It definitely helps indie artists like me achieve greatness. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, go and preserve this. The reason why you have to do this is because the almighty algorithm depends on people going and preserving songs and showing how much interest Tell they have the in the song. <laughs> Tell the people. Yes, the, the almighty algorithm depends on that. Yeah, it basically informs the internet lords that I am worthy. <laughs> of their interest. <laughs> And uh, thank you I so much. It. Uh, it's been great hanging out with you. And uh, the guys listening in now should support the music. You have an EP coming out later on uh, during Halloween. And then, yes, uh, lots of singles, lots of EPs. And the Christmas EP too. Yes, absolutely. All right. Follow me on my journey. Lots of good music coming your way, I promise. Yeah. So. Thank you so much.